Hello, everybody, and welcome to the American Shoreline Podcast. This is Peter Ravella, co-host of the show. And this is Tyler Buckingham, the other co-host. Savannah, Georgia, Tyler. We're we, here. We, we made it. We made it. We're here to cover the Atlantic Intracoastal Waterway Association 20th anniversary meeting, Peter. And boy, we're lucky that they chose to host this meeting in Savannah, Georgia. Just yeah. an absolutely absolutely awesome lovely venue for this uh amazing meeting um we're at the DeSoto we're at the DeSoto hotel here uh Savannah's just ladies and gentlemen you got to try to get to Savannah very beautiful old American coastal city right um and you know when you're here in downtown it's so cute and quaint and there's beautiful little restaurants and pubs it's got a very old almost New England quality to well, it well the trees are the fantastic. trees the, the oaks oh, the my Spanish Lord. moss I mean the, the architecture parks. the parks are incredible uh uh, and of course, uh, what we what we're learning is that in addition to being this incredible place, it's also a busy industrial seaport. Uh, the of course we're here for the Atlantic Intracoastal Waterway Association meeting, so our focus is on this very important waterway. And one of the reasons why it's so important is that we are in a commercial and industrial corridor here that goes along the entire eastern seaboard of the country. And yeah. since the founding of our country. This uh, waterway has been utilized to transport uh, goods, going back to cotton and yeah. and tobacco and all yeah. that stuff, all the 1780s, way. Seventeen eighties, seventeen nineties. Lord, the, the ICW portion, the intercoastal waterway portion up at the northern end, right? And then Norfolk South, the Atlantic intercoastal waterway, uh, Norfolk all the way down to Miami, right? Uh, but yeah, what a great location. It's an awesome location, and we, our, our audience by now, we've had a, a couple shows, one with Brad Pickle, who's the executive director of the organization, uh, the other with Paul Barger, who is the chair of the board. Yes. And uh, so we've kind of covered a little bit about the organization, a little bit about this uh, waterway, but today at this meeting and Tomorrow, today and tomorrow, we're going to bring on several uh, <laughs> groups of guests onto the program to share with our audience all that we can about how important this waterway is, all of the dynamics of maintaining it, paying for it, um, and, uh, you know, the commercial output that this thing has and the recreational value that it yeah, has. It's both. really an incredible feature on the American shoreline. Both of those things. And the, uh, the it, it is an unusual waterway in the sense that it, it, it obviously originally uh, was part of the maritime infrastructure, the country, commercial orientation. Uh, but today it is a very important recreational waterway uh, for folks who transit up and down the eastern seaboard, the north-south migration. So they have snow. We have snowbirds in Texas. People go, you know, go down to South Padre Island. They come from Iowa and Wisconsin and Minnesota, and they drive down, bring an RV, that kind of thing. Come down to South Texas in the winter time. There is a similar transit on the Atlantic shoreline that happens by boat, and this is it's the transit from. Uh, the northern boat owners who go down to Florida in the, in the wintertime, this time of year, and this is the corridor, and uh, uh, it's, it's, this is a waterway that is truly important both to the recreational boating universe and to the commercial boating universe. It actually goes even... It's kind of cool. It's very cool. Um, from a 
from just the, the, the vessels that use it, it's, it's a really interesting space. But one of the things that we're learning about and that is really interesting me and, and uh, got me fired up this morning is that uh, this waterway has a very bright future in, uh, in creating a more carbon, uh, you know, neutral way of transporting goods. Yeah. It's, it's much more efficient to put a big barge full of something uh, and move it up and down the eastern seaboard than, yeah. say, put it on a train or even especially put it on a, a on truck. truck. Uh, and of course, that cuts down on traffic, and there's all sorts of benefits to that. And then there's this BUDM thing on the bay side. Now, all of our coastal people know that we love BUDM when we can put sand on beaches where they're, mm-hmm. you're adjacent to a, 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 a beneficial channel. use, though, of dredge material. Correct. BUDM. Yes, BUDM, beneficial use of dredge material. Yeah. But what's happening on the bay side is really interesting too. They're they're using this material to build up marshes. And these are really great spaces to capture carbon as well. So uh, I think that there is a bright future uh, for this waterway in our nation's uh, addressing of climate change in the future. Uh, yeah, economically and environmentally. Yeah, totally. Really, really important. The Jekyll Creek Beneficial Use Pilot Project. We're going to get to... We're going to get uh, into that. It is my is my goal at the at the event here at the Atlantic Inter- in, in, Intracoastal Waterway Association meeting to find the representative... For, from the core to talk about this Jekyll Creek beneficial use pilot project. And, and look, for, for folks around the country that, that work in coastal issues, you're going to be pretty familiar with this topic. Uh, this m- material is dredged from the channel. The authorized depth of the AIWW is at 12 feet. But you've got to do something with the material. And what they're trying to do is rather than dispose of it and treat it as a waste product is to use it beneficially, is what they say. And this is a thin layer placement project where it was distributed through a marsh system. A lot of permitting that went into this, a lot of regulatory issues were resolved by the state of Georgia uh, down here, but it's been done, and I'm really interested to find out how it worked out because, like you're saying, this the maintenance of these waterways is important economically, but it has real environmental potential upside if the material is handled well. Uh, and, uh, yeah, like you're saying, we're, we're familiar with BUDM as a beach restoration strategy, but it is important uh, in marsh management um, along the Gulf Intercoastal Waterway and here on the Atlantic seaboard as well. Yeah, we're, yeah. We, you know, this waterway is, uh, it parts a natural feature. It's a natural part of the bay that we've over the years dredged out and kind of channelized to aid in the, you know, navigation and ship traffic. Makes sense. Yeah. Other parts of it are totally, uh, as they call this thing, the big ditch. I mean, it's, it really is a completely manufactured waterway. canal yeah. waterway yeah. that is. Um, not aff- affiliated with the bay system, I think it's fair to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, one of the, just the really interesting things about this is the transition and how how to maintain such a complicated... Uh, we were talking earlier with uh, some people, and they were talking about how it kind of meanders through uh, parts of Georgia. You, you're just in the deep wilderness, basically, yeah. on this bay that system, far like, away man. from any sort of civilization. Then you get down to Florida, and you're, you know, you could be yeah, in the thick of it, right next to Daytona. You know, well, remember when we went to Fort Lauderdale for the ASBPA meeting? We 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 rented a boat and stayed on a boat, which was That's along right. the Intercoastal Waterway, the AIWW down there. Uh, which is what was a was a very densely used uh, transit corridor for recreational boaters all through Fort Lauderdale in southern Florida. 
And uh, yeah, that's the, uh, well, the, here's the thing I wanted to, to touch on as well, because Savannah, you mentioned, it's just really an incredibly beautiful city. We are obviously adjacent here to the port of Savannah. And uh, if you're not from this part of the country, you may not know how important this port is. Uh, people hear about the port of Los Angeles or are familiar with San Francisco. Yeah. Long or Beach. Or Long Beach. The third largest container port in America is the port of Savannah. They're in the middle of a $1 billion project here, the Corps of Engineers is, called the Savannah Harbor Expansion Project. This is a deepening project to take the channel from 42 feet to 47 feet. This is happening all along the Atlantic seaboard because of the Panamax ships, the expansion of the Panama Canal means bigger transit ships coming from the Pacific side, goods from China by China and Japan export uh, through the Panama Canal and come to the Eastern seaboard and the ports have to get deeper and bigger to handle the uh, ships. The SHEP project, the Savannah Harbor Expansion Project, a billion-dollar effort. Uh, the Corps of Engineers is going to have six dredges operating to make this port bigger and better here in Savannah, uh, and it's expected at some point to the expansion of new terminals that this will be possibly, well, could be the largest container uh, services port in America, Savannah, Georgia. Hard to uh, believe when you look out the window here and see this cute, quaint little town. Yeah. But in fact, the port is big business here. The other thing we it's learned, Peter, is that this is the uh, the global headquarters of... Uh, Gulfstream. Gulfstream. Jets. The, the jets. So Yeah, no, I didn't know that. We landed at the airport, and there's all these Gulfstreams parked along the... Uh, the freeway, and you get off, you get out of the airport, and there's Gulfstream Drive. I said, we talked to our our Lyft driver. I said, is this the? She said, yeah, this is the headquarters for Gulfstream, uh, owned by General Dynamics. But yeah, Savannah. Savannah has a hidden little industrial uh, might to it. It's the little city that could. <laughs> um, and we're seeing se seriously yeah. the the yeah. Uh, the. Uh, power of this port is incredible. They're throwing in this LNG, which I found very yeah. interesting. Yeah. The Elba Island LNG terminal, which is a $2 billion uh, LNG. And this is moving Liquid. fast. This is going to be done in a few years, right? It's going to 2020. 20, next year. Completed in 2020, wow. $2 billion, the Elba Island liquefied natural gas terminal. And as you all know, this is something we're familiar with down in Texas, but in 2015, the United States lifted the ban on the export of oil and gas products from the United States. So all around the country, export terminals for oil and gas. The United States is the number one oil and gas producer in the world now bigger than Saudi Arabia, bigger than Russia, and we are a major exporter now. I didn't realize that LNG exports were part of the eastern uh, seaboard, but... Uh, Neither so, did I. Uh, this Elba Island terminal, $2 billion, is going to be completed in 2020. They expect that an LNG ship will be uh, in port and exporting every nine days. Uh, so, what, 365 days in a year divided by nine, 36, uh, 30 ships a year? 30-something ships a year would be exporting from the new Elba Island LNG terminal. But big business in Savannah. And the Atlantic Intercoastal Waterway is an integral part of this. And this is something that Brad Pickle and his team at uh, the Atlantic Intercoastal Waterway Association are very keen on, is the connection of the ports along the Atlantic seaboard uh, transit capacity uh, 
shipping capacity through the waterway so that products can come into, say, Savannah and be moved uh, through the AIW, uh, w, the Atlantic Intercoastal Waterway, to other export areas along the eastern seaboard. Uh, the, the waterway itself is a critical part of our economic infrastructure uh, on the Atlantic shoreline. No doubt about it. And uh, we are just thrilled to be here. This is our little introduction show, ladies and gentlemen, before we get into the the, the meat and potatoes part of the uh, proceedings here. we There's so much to cover. Uh, great list of attendees. Uh, my kind of first impressions, Peter, on the meeting. Well, first of all, let me start with my first impressions on Savannah. You know, we, we got in. Uh, yesterday afternoon, the weather is has been spectacular. I've already mentioned how charming and wonderful the city is. We had a lovely dinner last night at this, you know, really uh, high high caliber restaurant. First class, first class restaurant called the Fat Radish. Uh, clearly, a, a you know, you could you could put this restaurant in New York and would be just fine. In you fact, know? I think it originated I think in, in New York. York. They opened one here. Yeah, it was great. And this beautiful walk through the, you know, the, the the streets here, the architecture, just fantastic. What a what a cool city. And then my first impression on the the AIWA meeting has been that, you know, this is really a collaborative effort. Everyone here, this is the 20th meeting. Uh, it's not this organization is new enough yet that people remember the why why this thing exists and it's because this is a long me as they've said this meandering serpentine uh, waterway and if if all of the stakeholders are not pulling together and advocating for maintenance basically funding and strategy together, it won't happen. And you get the idea that 20 years ago, they had a problem where this, uh, this waterway was in a state of neglect. It wasn't functioning for commercial purposes or recreational purpose purposes. And so the, the key players came together and started to collaborate and, um, strategize and, and pull together. And what you see now is, I mean, goodness, we went to the reception, this little uh, cocktail hour reception last night, and you've got the dredging folks in there. You've got yeah. the recreational boater people in there. You've yeah. got the state representatives from, you know, everywhere from Florida up to New Jersey, yeah. you know. Up, I, I spoke to a, a fellow from Boston. People have come from up and down the eastern seaboard to be here yeah. um, and work on getting this waterway uh, continue to work on getting this waterway up and running. There is still a backlog of maintenance, we have learned. Yeah. Um, but they're doing much better. And I think that's the key part and why the Atlantic Intercoastal Waterway Association is successful. And it's the, what you're talking about. It's bringing all the players together. So the folks from South Carolina are not working on just, let's just think about what problem areas exist along this waterway in South Carolina. The people in Florida aren't off on their own trying to get one section of the waterway handled or maintained or deepened or whatever. It's bringing everybody together on the commercial recreational side and the geographic extent of the waterway. I mean, this is why I think that the the official 
area of the Atlantic Intercoastal Waterway is basically Norfolk, Virginia, down to Miami uh, in, into the Keys. I mean, it's the southern section. North of that is called the Intercoastal Waterway, the ICW. But what Brad Pickle and, and AIWA are doing is trying to integrate the entire waterway management and, and maintenance into a coherent group that is both commercial, recreational, and work together at the state level and at the federal level to make sure that the waterway is well maintained for the economic benefit of everyone and for the environmental benefit. As you said, Tyler, there's a lot of reasons why shipping by water is less polluting. Certainly from a carbon standpoint, there's no doubt about the mathematics of that. It's the better way to move lots of goods. If you're talking to a Democrat, uh, you know, representative in Congress along this, this, uh, waterway, a stakeholder from, say, the state of Virginia, maybe in the D.C. area, fairly progressive, democratically held yeah. zone. Yeah. 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 I would totally be talking about the environmental benefits of this thing. Uh, by the same token, you could be talking to a Republican and talk about the defense benefits. Uh, the, you can transport unusually sized objects, fuel, things like that, right. up and down this thing, it's good for national defense. You could also be talking to a, a, you know, a business-friendly Democrat or Republican and talk about the commercial benefits. Right. And, you know, if you're talking to a Kennedy who's into boating and might want to take their yacht down from <laughs> Massachusetts on down to Florida right. for maybe a fishing trip. This is how you do it. You could, take, you could talk to them about the safety advantages of being, you know, even if you're offshore, being able to duck into the waterway if a storm is coming in and then continue on your way yeah. uh, is opens the door of, of transiting the eastern seaboard, makes it way safer. And one of the things we learned today is just how much money is tied up in recreational boating in this country. It is a major chunk of the GDP. Yeah. So uh, this, th this infrastructure is, let's just say, it's, it's one of the oldest pieces of infrastructure in our country. Um, and... It is, you know, yeah. definitely an important yeah, it one. It's an important piece of infrastructure that we maybe don't give enough attention to, and that's why we're here. We move on from, uh, you know, it's called the I-95 waterway, it, which is uh, the, the name of the uh, uh, the interstate highway system in this part of the country, the north-south transit, but the waterway itself is designated as a transit corridor officially. But you're right about the defense uh, and the security implications of the waterway. Camp Lejeune in North Carolina is located on this waterway. Uh, it's, the Port of Savannah is a strategically designated port for the United States military. All along, of course, Norfolk, Virginia, and we the talked. famous home of the of the what is what's what's the fleet out of Norfolk? I don't know. Is the sixth fleet? It's the <laughs> it's a big one. It's the big. I think it's one of the biggest naval yeah. bases. And but. The, the waterway plays an incredible role. And as we know, um, I remember our 4th of July show last year where we were interviewing, it was this year, the, the, uh, the historian from uh, Boston, Univer I think the University of Amherst, Boston, Massachusetts Amherst. The historian, I, I can't it. recall it immediately, but yes. But we, you know, we talked about the maritime that the United States was founded as a maritime power, and of course, originally transit was by water. That's we didn't have the inland road system yet, and this waterway goes back that far in the nation's history. It's been key, and uh, it's still important. And uh, that's why this organization exists. That's why we're looking forward to talking to the folks who are here and bringing this coverage to you guys. And uh, we want to thank Atlantic Intercoastal Waterway for sponsoring their the coverage of their meeting here, the 20th 
meeting, as you said. This thing was founded back in the 1900s. <laughs> back in the last century, we can actually That's say. Way, 1990, back. way back there in 1999, in the, in the 90s. You, uh, you know, it's, it's very true. <laughs> and uh, for our national audience, maybe you're on the West Coast or Hawaii or Alaska, and you're thinking, boy, uh, internet, intracoastal, Atlantic Intracoastal Waterway, what what yeah. the hell does that have to do with me? Well, right. for one, this is a major national interest as far as uh, the economic value to it. Um, but also the, the collective working together aspect of it. Uh, bringing these various stakeholders together under one roof for the past 20 years, the Atlantic Intracoastal Waterway Association has been making progress by... Uh, pushing in a, a unified way, in a strategic way. Yeah. And there's a lot that we can learn about that along the American shoreline. Yeah. Uh, whether it's regional sediment management, whether it's uh, ports and tourism bureaus and yeah. Beach uh, local governments mm -hmm. working together mm -hmm. to uh, come up with their, their plans to manage and mitigate sea level rise and coastal management and all, balancing these interests. That is what this organization has done. So we, yeah. we really believe that this is an opportunity to learn how they're doing it and also to evangelize the importance of the, of the big ditch, yeah. uh, which is maybe not the, the, the most respectful name for uh, one of clearly a, an incredibly important piece of infrastructure on the American shoreline. Yeah, no, I completely second that sentiment. And, and uh, it is something about, look, we're talking about what makes the republic that we all live in operate. And if we have it, we work in a representative democracy. People talk badly about lobbyists and folks who get up on the hill and advocate. Um, this is how our government works, organized folks, organizations that get together with a focus on a particular matter of economic and uh, uh, national importance who go to our representatives in D.C. and say, listen, this is a priority in all of the other things that you have to think about. Here's one more. And here's what I like about this organization. Not only is it collaborative and, as you say, cross purposes and commercial, recreational, all of that is the fact that the maintenance of this channel is incredibly affordable, y'all. The backlog is estimated to be about $80 million. 80, 75 to $85 million is the amount of money needed to ensure that this waterway is maintained to its authorized depth. That is not a lot of money for the United States of America, given the economic return. And I think this organization just works on that every day, yep. making sure Congress does not inch forget. Inch by inch. Inch by inch. Let's keep this waterway in good shape. So... We're really, really happy to be here at the Atlantic Intercoastal Waterway Association meeting in Savannah, Georgia. So join us for the coverage, listen to the shows, and reach out to AIWW and find out more. Thanks. Thanks.